Hello! Welcome to the first episode of The Hoop Head. I'm your host, Anthony Ballesteros. We will be talking about all things basketball all season long. Um, if you guys want to follow me on uh, everything basketball, uh, I have a new Instagram page, The Hoop Head, T-H-E-H-O-O-P-H-E-A-D. I'm really excited because the NBA season is finally back. Every team in the NBA has officially played, including the Clippers and... Hi, Malia. The Clippers and the Pistons have both played two games so far. Um, We've got a little bit of insight of what everybody is going to look like so far, but we are only one game in, so we are definitely going to overreact to everything that's going on um, because that's what basketball fans love to do, and we love to hate on everybody who didn't do good in their debuts with their new teams, so uh, let's get to it. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans played the Toronto Raptors in their first game. The Toronto Raptors displayed the biggest championship rings ever. Uh, I saw a picture of the first ever championship ring from 1947. It was, um, I believe, the Philadelphia team that was there before the 76ers. It had one diamond in the middle of a gold ring. It was pretty ugly, but um, we're in 2020 now, and Drake is a part of the Toronto Raptors, so you know they were going to go big. Um, The New Orleans Pelicans displayed their whole new roster. J.J. Redick looked amazing, but they did not have Zion Williamson, um, and Drew Holiday did not look so great in his first game with all his new players, but they had everybody play on the entire roster besides Jackson Hayes, so I don't expect that to be something that's going to happen every single game, but they definitely wanted to see what they have from a lot of the new guys they have. Josh Hart probably played a little bit too much. Lonzo Ball looked good. Brandon Ingram looked great. I believe he had 21 points um, in his debut. Um, But for the Toronto Raptors, their first game back after winning the championship, they came out to play. Pascal Siakam proved that He's going to be the new face of the franchise, Fred Van Vliet. Both of them dropped 34 points um, pretty quietly, too. Throughout most of the game, they just controlled the tempo and controlled the game in a a very um, Kawhi-esque style, you know. Just went out there, did their job, and kept moving forward throughout the whole game. The other first game of the season, the Battle of the L.A.'s, the Clippers Dominated the game for the most part. The LA, the Lakers made a little run in the third quarter to, to cut it close, but um, ultimately it was Kawhi Leonard's game. The thing that I saw from Kawhi that was a lot different was he showed a lot of emotion um, playing with this Clippers team. He looked like he cared, like he wanted to be there. Like he truly really had love for um, Los Angeles and that this was where he was supposed to be. He was talking a lot. Before the game, he talked to the fans, and it, it was kind of funny because the fans were, you know, half Lakers, half Clippers, and um, when he was trying to make a uh, a statement to his new Clippers fans, half the Lakers fans were booing, um, drowning him out, so he just had to scream into the microphone, but that that never... Uh, what's up, Sam? Thanks for Thanks for checking me out. I got my Mr. T's mug. Um, But that didn't stop him. Once the game started, once the ball was tipped off, he looked like the same old Kawhi Leonard. And um, it's looking like 
there's going to be a changing of the guard. He looks like he could be the best player in the NBA. Um, he, he looks like he could be the best player of this generation if he stays healthy and they don't worry about load management. Um, if, he, if he's going to play all 82 games, it's going to look... It's going to be pretty tough for anybody to beat the Clippers because they're already stacked from top to bottom as it is. So if Kawhi Leonard's playing you know, anywhere between 70 to all 82 games, it's going to be very difficult for any team to beat them. I mean, they just went and played the Warriors tonight as well, and they put up 141 points, and Kawhi only played 21 minutes. Um, I believe Landry Shamit was the only player that played over 30 minutes, and that was because he's got off to a little bit of a slow start in the first two games, so it looks like he's going to need a little bit more practice, getting used to... Um, playing with so many good players. Uh, he was traded through the season halfway last year, and he made a big impact for them in that first uh, series against the Warriors. But during the offseason, he decided not to play with the USA basketball team so he can get a little bit more practice with his new squad. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But the, the Clippers are just stacked from top to bottom. I mean, their ninth man was Mo Harkless. And he was in the playoffs with the Blazers the last three seasons. And he looked throughout his Blazers career like he was kind of the odd man out. You know, he, he would come in and he would play defense and he would he would make threes. But I believe with his Clippers team, he he's kind of gotten to the point in his career where he realizes, okay, I'm going to be this man off the bench. I'm going to come in and I'm going to be a spark plug and I'm going to play defense and I'm going to shoot threes and that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to be a role player and that's it. If he can buy into that, he he could possibly start some games for them. Because, I mean, last night they had Patrick Patterson starting. Not that that's anything bad. I mean, Patterson put up 20 points in 24 minutes. But also the Warriors don't have any big men, so that was kind of a, a good matchup for them. Um, but look for the Clippers to dominate all season, especially once they get Paul George back. The biggest... There was a couple big surprises in... in Night one. I mean, uh, there's always going to be, in the first week, teams that look a lot better or look a lot worse than they're supposed to. The Charlotte Hornets, I've been talking shit about the Charlotte Hornets all summer. They're the worst roster I've ever seen put together, and that's all Michael Jordan's fault. But they still ended up getting the win. Their first win of the season, they're already weeks ahead of where I thought they'd be. They beat the Chicago Bulls 126-125. to P.J. Washington scored 27 points and made 7 of 11 three-pointers. So, I mean, if you're getting one of the guys from the Hornets making 7 three-pointers, I mean, that's pretty good. They're, they played the Bulls, who are atrocious on defense. I mean, they're, they don't have anybody who can guard anybody at this point in their careers. They're, they're very young. Zach Levine's been working on his game. Kobe White's too small. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. is really young. Laurie Markkinen is still coming back from, from injury. But he did put up, Laurie Markkinen did put up 35 points, 17 rebounds. It's going to be the defensive game for, for the Bulls, and uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. But um, congrats to the Charlotte Hornets. I'll admit when I'm wrong, you got one win. That's great. Uh, the Detroit Pistons are 1-1 one one right now. Their first game they took on the Pacers. And um, Andre Drummond, they had two guys with crazy stat lines. Andre Drummond, 32 points, 23 rebounds. Game one on the road against the Pacers. 
Luke Kennard had 30 points, 6 for 9. Luke Kennard is going to be a big player for them, I believe, this season. Um, I talked about it a little bit in my season preview. I believe the Pistons are a playoff team. I mean, not by much, but I believe they, they can get into the playoffs. They have the same roster, mostly coming back from last year. Reggie Jackson, excuse me, Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and um, Luke Kennard, and they also brought in Derrick Rose, who's going to be a huge piece for them coming off the bench. I mean, last year they had Ish Smith um, coming off the bench for Reggie Jackson. No disrespect to Ish Smith, but Derrick Rose is going to be much better off the bench for them this season. Last night, the uh, Pistons did lose to the Hawks, but Derrick Rose had a big game. He had 28 points on 70% shooting, um, mostly coming from the mid-range. Now, nobody likes the mid-range anymore. You're either shooting threes or you're making layups. But for guys like Derrick Rose, he made his entire career on mid-range. This was, you know, he came into the league before this whole overhaul of three-point barrages came. So he's not going to change his game. He, If anything, he, he's gotten better over his career. Um, you're talking about battling back from injury, so... If the three-pointer is not his shot, then he's not going to take it. He's going to take what the defense gives him. He's going to shoot 19-foot jump shots as long as the defense is going to leave him open. And Derrick Rose, he's going to take that. He's not driving to the lane as much as he used to anymore. Um, he's still just as fast, but he definitely doesn't want to get injured. Um, another game, Orlando Magic, Cleveland Cavaliers. Markel Fultz had 12 points and 6 assists in his team debut. Good. Good job, I guess. Uh, um... Moving on, Minnesota Timberwolves, Brooklyn Nets. This game was had a couple of crazy uh, stat lines. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns had 36 points, 14 rebounds, and made seven three-pointers. You're talking about a, a seven-foot center who's a big guy. He's not, you know, he's not thin. He's not like Laurie Markkinen. He's not like Dwight Howard. He's, he's more filled out. <laughs> Kyrie has 50 L's. All right, Sam. Um, yeah, I mean, when, when you're putting up 50 points, that kind of means, uh, the rest of your team probably wasn't doing much, but, um, he, Kyrie did have zero turnovers, uh, so he was leading his team as, as best he could in his, uh, Brooklyn Nets debut, but, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, it's their first season, full season, with their new head coach, Ryan Saunders, who last year was the youngest head coach to ever, um, win his debut, uh, he is the son of Flip Saunders, who was a part of the Timberwolves organization for a long time. So um, it looks like it's going to be a good match. I mean, this is the first time Carl Anthony Towns has really had a head coach that is more modern. Um, I mean, you look at how long he had Tom Thibodeau, and looking back on the Tom Thibodeau days, he really wasn't that good of a coach. He um, really just was a dis discipline guy. You know, he would really just kind of forced his guys to... Um, work hard, play defense, and never really bought into the new style of offense that um, is taking over the NBA, which is perfect for Carl Anthony Towns because you're talking about he's a guy who can stretch the floor and shoot threes and can dominate in the post. So when Thibodeau was there, he never really you know used that that him as a stretch five. Um, but Ryan Saunders, uh, I, I expect him to buy into more of uh, the new style of play. I mean, he's younger than guys that are in the NBA. He's younger than Andre Godal. He's younger than Vince Carter. So his whole mindset is uh, the future. 
Um, as far as the Brooklyn Nets, yes, Sam, the Nets are good. They're going to be good. They're going to be a top three, four seed in the East. Um, they just didn't have it tonight. I mean, it's the first game of the season. Kyrie had 50 points, shot 60% from the field, zero turnovers, um, and he almost hit a crazy game winner where he rolled over on his back. Still put got the ball up in time, but it just didn't go in. Um, they're going to need a lot better play from the others on their team. Spencer Dinwiddie had a good night, and Karis LeVert had a good night. But uh, guys like Jared Allen and um, DeAndre Jordan, uh, as their two main big men, are going to have to do a lot more scoring. They, they both put up a lot of rebounds, and they both um, played well defensively in the post, but they cannot get out to the, to the three-point line and defend, and they can't score uh, at will. So they're going to need a lot more scoring from um, guys like Rodion's Karuks and Joe Harris, to be able to, you know, challenge a lot of these teams. Uh, teams in the East are pretty weak defensively, so I don't expect them to have much trouble in the East. Uh, yes, you are supposed to score. They scored 126 points, so that's that's pretty good. I mean, but when I, when the other team's center makes seven three-pointers, I'm not really sure what you're supposed to do. Uh, Miami Heat versus the Memphis Grizzlies. We got to see Ja Morant's debut. Did not look great, but also he was going up against Coach Spolstra, who doesn't really let young guys ever um, do much against his team. Uh, John Morant had 14 points, 4 assists. Uh, he's going to have to have a lot more assists if um, the Grizzlies are going to be any kind of successful, which they probably won't, so this year is going to be you know, his Rookie of the Year campaign, really. Miami Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler for his debut. It said it was personal reasons, so... Hopefully everything's okay with that. Hopefully his family's alive and healthy and everything's good. But they had uh, Justice Winslow take his place uh, in the starting lineup. Um, he had 27 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. That's an incredible stat line for a guy who is known to be uh, you know, a defensive stalwart. That's pretty much his main game. Putting up uh, numbers like that, I mean, that's, that's LeBron-type numbers when he was on the Miami Heat, so... If they can get that from Justice Winslow, when Jimmy Butler gets back, um, they're going to look like one of the best teams in the East, um, at least at least one of the top four seeds. They also have Bam Adebayo, um, put up some pretty good numbers in 24 minutes. He had 14 points, um, but he did have seven offensive rebounds, which is going to be huge for them um, because second-chance points are, are huge in the NBA. And um, if you're going to have a big man who can – get almost double digits in offensive rebounds. Uh, that's going to be a lot better than what they had before, which is uh, Hassan Whiteside, um, because at least Bam Adebayo is giving effort. Next game, Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. This was the Sixers' first game with their all-new starting five. Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid, all in double figures. That's going to be... The recipe for success for them, that's going to be exactly what they need uh, every single night. Um, ben Simmons was the leading scorer. Uh, he dominated in every aspect of the game, just like he said he is going to. He was working on all summer. Um, Tobias Harris played the most minutes, 37 minutes. Uh, Joel Embiid only had to play 23 minutes, and he didn't play the last 
<laughs> he didn't play the final five minutes of the game because the Sixers had the game in hand, which is going to be huge. I mean, if they can load manage Joel Embiid and Al Horford for most of the season going into the playoffs, that's going to be huge for them because, I mean, you talk about Al Horford and his age, and he just signed a four-year extension with the Sixers. So they're not, their plan is not just this season. It's to you know build a winner for the next at least two or three years. Um, you could see that with the extensions they gave to Horford, Harris, Embiid, and Simmons. Um, Josh Richardson, they had him play backup point guard role a little bit. I don't expect that to last too long this season because he's a natural shooting guard. Um, he can guard any any guard in the league. Um, he can defend really well, but when you're talking about running an offense, that's not really his game. Um, it's especially with with a new team. I don't expect Brett Brown to try to do that too much throughout the season. Their their point guard depth isn't really great. They have Raul Neto who was on the Jazz for a few years, and then they also have uh, Trey Burke who has been traveling through the NBA for a while now. Been through the G League. Uh, he's really small, but um, he could probably run an offense uh, and a lot better than Josh Richardson, uh, who's just a natural scorer. Um, but Richardson did play well. He had 17 points, uh, and he played 33 minutes um, against the Boston Celtics. Now, the Boston Celtics, they did not look great. They, they played well in the first half, but it really looked like they were giving... 110% effort. Like they were exhausting themselves in the first half. The only player that I saw anything from was Gordon Hayward. He looked quick, he looked shifty, he looked a lot different than what we saw last year. A guy who was coming off of a horrific leg injury. Um this this year he finally got to have, you know, a full off season to train, not just rehab, but to train and get better. He he looked really good. I mean, he was um one of their leading scorers, he looked great handling the ball. Um, in 35 minutes, he had 25 points, um, and he shot 53% from the field, but he did not take a, a three-pointer, which is a little bit interesting because when you think about their scores, it's going to be Hayward, Tatum, and Kemba Walker. Um, maybe Jalen Brown on some nights, maybe Marcus Smart on some nights, but Gordon Hayward's going to have to shoot threes. I mean, they lost this game by 14 points. He's going to have to um, shoot the ball from deep because they're going to have to you know, be a threat from outside, especially with their lack of depth inside. Um, I mean, you talk about their big man depth is pretty bad. I mean, um, I like Ennis Cantor. He's a good player. But if that's going to be your main center... That's not really a recipe for success against most teams. Uh, not even in the East. I mean, uh, he played 24 minutes. He only had 12 points, and he only had seven total rebounds. Um, he did go, you know, and he went up against a, two incredible, incredible big men in Joel Embiid and Al Horford. Um, but after that, I mean, you have Semi Ojale, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Vincent Poirier, Daniel Tice. So if those are the guys that you're leaning on to be your big men, um, it's it's not going to look good for the rest of your squad because it's going to be hard for them to uh, score in the paint um, because teams just aren't going to be respecting those big men. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, Boston Celtics try to use some of their assets to move around to try to get another big man or just uh, add big man depth. <laughs> yes, he did have 12 points against the best center. That is pretty solid, but um, I'm, I don't think anybody's going to be afraid of Ennis Cantor throughout the whole season. And the Sixers held the Celtics under 100 points. Out of the 90 shots that the Celtics took, 60 of them were from Tatum, Kemba, and Gordon Hayward. So that means nobody else is shooting the ball. Nobody else is scoring. Um, Jalen Brown just got that extension. He's going to have to play a lot better than that. Um, the Boston Celtics could possibly have ruined everything that they've built over the last few years. I mean, you're talking about a team that's been to the Eastern Conference Finals for uh, four out of the last five years. Um and this is where they're at. They they blew through most of their assets. They have a couple draft picks left from other teams that they can move around. Um, but unless Carson Edwards or Taco Fall really develop into something, they're pretty much stuck with the guys that they have, um, which is great if you're a Sixers fan because you don't want to see them be successful. All right, moving on. Dallas Mavericks versus the Washington Wizards. Um, I'm not sure if any of you guys actually watch this game. It's not really a game that uh, you know the casual NBA fan would watch. Um, but Luka Doncic and Bradley Beal got into a little bit of an argument, and Bradley Beal got ejected. It was a little bit of a quick trigger for the referee, but um, after the game, Bradley Beal was saying that Doncic was just getting to anywhere he wanted in the, in the paint. He was shooting from everywhere, and he was getting open looks, and he was just bullying the Wizards defenders, and Bradley Beal was over it, so he started guarding him himself, and they started pushing each other. And they were in each other's ears, and uh, Bradley Bill got tossed. But after the game, he said that there's no ill will. He just, you know, was tired of Doncic doing whatever he wanted because Doncic is that level, you know, of good already. He's he's able to get any shot he wants. He's he's big. He's able to bully any guard in this league. Um, Doncic had 34 points and nine rebounds. Porzingis in his Mavericks debut, 23 points. That's gonna be huge for them. Um, especially when they don't have a lot of scoring outside of those two, maybe Jalen Brunson um, from night, on a night-to-night basis. Uh, Maxi Kleber is their center. He was played for 23 minutes and had zero points. That's not good from a center. That's not solid. Um, so I expect um, Justin Jackson to get a little bit more um, playing time as a big and... Look for Chris Porzingis to play a little bit more of the center role. They have him right now in the power forward position, but um, it's going to be hard for them because they're, they want him for the long haul. So putting him at the center position, uh, he's going to be banging bodies down low there. But if they're really trying to make a playoff push this year, uh, then they're going to have to go small. Um, DeLon Wright, Luka Doncic, Courtney Lee, Chris Porzingis, and maybe throw in Tim Hardaway Jr. or even Seth Curry in there um, to add a little bit of scoring. Bo, they do have Boban Marjanovic, but he was not available last night, or two nights ago, excuse me, because of uh, health reasons. Um, for the Washington Wizards, they're going to be terrible. Bradley Bill is their only bright spot. Whenever John Wall gets back, they'll probably get worse. New York Knicks versus the San Antonio Spurs. The New York Knicks were actually leading most of this game. Um, R.J. Barrett had a really good debut, 21 points, 
uh, on the road against the San Antonio Spurs, against, you know, Greg Popovich, who typically makes, you know, young players look lost out there on the court. But R.J. Barrett looked pretty good. The Knicks had three guys in with 20 points or more. Julius Randle, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists in his Knicks debut. He's going to be huge. I mean, he's he's the veteran presence now. He's a veteran guy. He's been in this league for five years. Um, he, he's got that fire in him. He wants to play uh, hard. He wants to prove that he wasn't just another piece in the Lakers rebuild, that he he's really um, has a future in this NBA. Good morning, Drea. Hi. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr. now, because he has a son, so he changed his name Marcus Morris Sr. 39 minutes. That's a lot of playing time on the court, um, but he did have 26 points and four rebounds, only one assist. He, <laughs> in the preseason, he already got ejected for shoving a player he said he's not going to take no shit so he's really trying to change the mindset of the New York Knicks as uh, you know just a pushover him and Bobby Portis both love to fight so I wonder if they'll fight each other RJ Barrett played 37 minutes when you got a young guy I mean you might as well stick him out there for a long time he's he was their top pick he looks like he's going to be one of the best players in the NBA in the future uh, if he continues to improve I mean he shot 70 percent from the field um, he only made one three-pointer, and he only had two assists, and he did have three turnovers. So there's always going to be room for improvement, but um, for the debut for the Knicks, I mean, those those are a few good guys that, that looked pretty good. The Spurs were exactly what they needed to be. I mean, they were losing most of the game, but in the first, fourth quarter, they uh, outscored them 28-14. to 14. LaMarcus Aldridge, mid-range god, 8-for-15 from the field, 22 points. Eight rebounds, but he did have four turnovers. He was actually a minus three. Um, I don't pay attention much to plus minus, but I mean that's kind of interesting when you're uh, looking at a guy who played 35 minutes and they won the game. Uh, he was a minus three on the court. Uh, they do have Trey Lyles now, who was on the Jazz for a long time. He played 24 minutes in a starting role. He had eight points and he was uh, a plus nine with 11 rebounds. Dejounte Murray. Finally back. He missed the entire season last year. Excuse me. He had he shot 70% from the field. 18 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. That's going to be huge for them. I mean, he's their best defensive player, and if he's putting up numbers like that anywhere near 20 points um, and anywhere near a triple-double, that's it's going to be hard for teams to beat them because you already know what you're getting from DeRozan. You know what you're getting from LaMarcus Aldridge. Those guys are going to be steady all year long. If they're getting that type of play from DeJounte Murray, they're going to be a playoff team um, just simply because their depth um, with veterans, if they're getting play like that from a guy who's only been in the league for three years, it's it's going to be tough to beat them on most nights. What's up, Randy Aaron? Where's going to the ship? All right. Uh, moving on, Utah Jazz played the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder had a lot of players debuting. Um, Chris Paul. They also had Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Danilo Gallinari. Um, Nerlens Noel is, is back, and he had two whole points in four minutes. Uh, Hamadou Diallo off the bench, 23, points, or 20, 23 minutes, 12 points. Um... 
the Thunder, I think, are going to be a little bit better than people are expecting. I mean, Chris Paul is still a good player in the NBA. If he was in the East, he would be the third best point guard. Um, it's just that the Thunder are in such a loaded Western Conference that even if they play well, it's going to be hard for them to make the playoffs, especially if they're still deciding on what they're going to do, either make a move at the deadline or if they're just going to stick with this team. Um Danilo Gallinari, he was good last year with the Clippers. He if he was, you know, all-star caliber. If he was in the Eastern Conference, he definitely would have been in in the uh in the All-Star game. Uh he had 21 minutes and 21 points in 28 minutes. Um a couple of huge things that looked terrible for them. Terrence Ferguson, 23 minutes, 2 points. Steven Adams, 27 minutes, 3 points. That's not good. Um, the Utah Jazz, though, obviously they have good big men, so it's going to be hard for teams to score on them. Rudy Gobert is uh, probably going to be Defensive Player of the Year again, especially with this stacked team. All he's going to have to do is just chill in the paint and not let anybody score. Donovan Mitchell, huge game, 32 points. He made 64% of his field goals, had 12 rebounds. For a shooting guard, that's that's huge. Uh, he did only have three assists, but that has a little bit to do with the fact that they have a new guy, Mike Conley, who didn't have, probably had the worst debut in of any big free agent signing I've seen in a really long time. He played 26 minutes. He was one for 16 from the field. Even even if you're nervous, one for 16, that's still horrible. I mean, that's six percent from the field. He only got to the line two times. He had five whole points, he had no rebounds, and he had five assists, and he was only a plus one. Um, I don't expect Mike Conley to play like that all season. Hopefully it was just nerves, um, but if they're winning basketball games and he's playing like that, uh, I can only imagine what they're going to do when he finally does decide to show up and uh, play for his new fans who are going to love him so much. Uh, the biggest blowout. So far, the Phoenix Suns against the Sacramento Kings. I know I got some Kings fans out there here in Northern California. Uh, that's not good. That's not how you want to start your season, especially with Luke Walton as the new head coach. I would already be asking to fire that guy. You go on the road in game one against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Uh, you dished out a lot of money to free agents or just guys who are already on the team that aren't that good. Harrison Barnes, you gave him an extension. Um, Bodan Bodanovich got an extension, who's been a good player, but two points in 22 minutes, uh, shot 10% from the field against the Phoenix Suns. Rashawn Holmes, another guy you signed, one point. Trevor Reza, another guy you signed, seven points. It's not, it's not looking good after game one uh, for Luke Walton. They had one bright spot, but he healed. Um, that's always going to be a br- be a bright spot. De'Aaron Fox against Devin Booker. Um, he had eight points. Devin Booker is widely regarded, you know, widely known as one of the worst defensive players in the NBA. So, game one did not look good for the Sacramento Kings. It did look good for the Phoenix Suns. However. Phoenix Suns win one game, and the NBA is like, nah, we got to start drug testing these dudes. Something's up. And what do you know? DeAndre Ayton failed the drug test, suspended for 25 games. So peace out, Phoenix Suns. I hope you enjoyed your one win. Uh, It'll be about three more weeks before you get another one.
But congratulations. You are like the Charlotte Hornets. You're already weeks ahead of where you're supposed to be. Uh, last game of the second night, Portland Trail Blazers versus the Denver Nuggets. Maybe Damian Lillard was too worried about uh, his rap game. Um, he sh- could have played better. He did have 32 points, 8 assists, but he didn't control the game the way he uh, he needed to. And uh, on the defensive end, he did not play well either. Denver Nuggets, Jokic didn't even have that big of a game, but for a guy like him, he, he can dominate... Um, just from any spot on the court. He's pretty much uh, their point guard. Um, And uh, they had five guys in double figures, which is probably how it's going to be most nights because they're they're just deep. Um, Their new guy, Jeremy Grant, had nine points off the bench. Um, They played everybody except for Michael Porter Jr., uh, who everybody is waiting to see. Um, For Portland, their new guys... They have a new guy in Hassan Whiteside, who they traded for. He did have 16 points and 19 rebounds. That That's huge. Um, this is not a guy that I'm expecting to play particularly well for most of the season, but if he's going to put up numbers like that, it's going to be hard for them not to start him. Uh, Zach Collins is the guy that I'm really looking for them to um, help improve as the season goes along, and he only had 8 points in 30 minutes, so... If that's the case, Hassan Whiteside is going to be their starting center, and nobody's going to take that from him until Yusuf Nurkic comes back. Their brand-new guy, Kent Bazemore, only four points off the bench. Now, last night's games. Atlanta Hawks versus the Detroit Pistons. Trey Young already going off. He shot one from the logo with ease. I mean, I don't know why teams, they, the guy, they just left him open. You can't do that. You have to guard him at any point in the court. If he's at half court, he's going to shoot it. Um, he had 38 points, 7 rebounds, and 9 assists. He he set the tone for the team. Um, they had the lead from the beginning, and they never looked back. Um, one guy that I kept my eye on was John Collins. I believe he's going to have a breakout year. And if, if last year wasn't his breakout year already, this year is going to be even more so. 30 minutes, 18 points, uh, 10 rebounds. Those That's the exact numbers they need from him. Um, if... If Trey Young is putting up almost 40, you're getting any kind of double figures from any of the other guys, it's going to look good. A debut that looked good for them, Jabari Parker, 18 points on 72% shooting. Um, A lot of his career, he's been injured. Um, He's been trying to constantly rehab to get better, get better, get better. This summer, he was actually healthy. He was able to come in with some training, and he looked good in Game 1, albeit it was just Detroit, but... um, he shot 72% from the field. Uh, one debut that did not look good for them, Cam Reddish, 21 minutes, only 1.0 for 5 from 3. Hopefully that's just nerves. Um, a lot of people who watched him at Duke maybe did expect that. Um, but on Duke, he was on a pretty stacked team, so he didn't really get the opportunity to ever show his skills. But the Hawks started him, and he didn't answer the call, so... Maybe they start Jabari Parker instead of him, but I don't expect them to uh, give up on him so quick. Kevin Herter had zero points off the bench. That's not going to be good for them. Now, the Detroit Pistons, uh, they're 1-1. One one. Um, not as good as Game 1, but Derrick Rose was their bright spot. A fun game last night. 
Houston Rockets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. The Rockets were looking great in the first half. Their offense looked unstoppable. They were up 66-50 to at halftime, and James Harden had only made one shot. Uh, so you would have thought, oh, okay, well, they're, they're going to run away with this one. The second half, James Harden only made one more shot. So it was really tough for them. In the, in the fourth quarter, Russell Westbrook had all but three points of the Rockets' uh, fourth quarter points. And they lost 117 to 111. Uh, with five minutes left, Giannis actually fouled out. Um, so And the Rockets were only down by four points. So it was looking like, oh, okay, well, maybe they'll make a little run and they'll, they'll steal this game that they, that they should have had in the first place. But they couldn't get a defensive stop. Ersan Ilyasova made uh, three buckets in the final five minutes to put the game away. Um, their new addition, Wesley Matthews, looked good on both ends of the floor. I mean, he drew two charges against James Harden that put him in foul trouble early. In 30 minutes, he had 14 points. Um, he made two three-pointers. And uh, Giannis was, you know, at MVP level already, triple-double first game. 30 points on 65% shooting, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. That's, you know, if he if he's putting up numbers like that, they're going to be unstoppable. Um, they had 60 wins last year, and if, and if they play anything like that, they're going to have 60 wins again this year. Now, the Clippers and Warriors, the Warriors debut at Chase Center. It was not good. It was the most points ever Steve Kerr has allowed in his uh, tenure with the Warriors, 141 to 122. Kawhi Leonard only played 21 minutes. Zubak, their starter, only played 17 minutes. Um, that's... I, the Warriors are a very young team. They have nine guys that are under 23 years old. So it's, it's going to be a learning process. It's going to be tough for them. The Clippers are an incredible team. We talked about already. They're super deep. Um, they had already been primed because they played game one already. So this is game two for them. They're already ready for the season. The Warriors got out to a slow start, and there was no way they were ever going to get back in the game. Um, D'Angelo Russell looked good in the first quarter. He had the first 10 points, uh, lit the crowd on fire. You know, everybody was happy for him. Um, but after that, he only scored 10 points the rest of the game. Um, he shot 37% from the field, and uh, he only he didn't have a single rebound, but he did have eight assists, only one turnover, um, and uh, as the season goes along, uh, I'm going to expect him to, to play better. Um, they're not going to play talent like the Clippers every single night. Steph Curry had 23 points in 29 minutes, 40% from the field. He didn't look good either, but um, they're shaking off a lot of the rest, and they're trying to get used to playing uh, with a lot of young guys. I mean, Glenn Robinson the third started for them. Um, Eric Paschal played 31 minutes. Marquise Chris, uh, Jacob Evans, Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Omari Spellman, Kai Bowman, all of these guys really young. Um, so it's going to be tough for them to uh, get over the hump and you know shake this one off, but defensively it's gonna it's gonna be tough for them I mean really they only have what's up Erica they only have Draymond Green as as their best defense player so we'll see we'll see what happens um a lot of fun games a lot of things to think about as the season goes along um one team that uh surprised me so far um definitely the Atlanta Hawks they looked incredible um 
they also they did get almost a 40 point game out of their best player but they put up 117 points on the road against a team who had already played and already won uh I, you know Pistons are looking like they could be a playoff team so if the Hawks are going to play like that all season they could be in the hunt for the playoffs too um another team the Denver Nuggets they're going to be one of the top 2 seeds in the NBA so if they keep playing like the way they did then um they're going to be just fine all right that's it the hoop head is out Thank you for listening to episode one. If you guys have any questions or comment, you can uh, email me under the irrelevance at gmail.com or you can follow me at the hoophead, T-H-E-O-H-O-O-P-H-E-A-D. DM me there if there's anything you want me to talk about in the next episode. All right, peace out.